Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the ISI Life podcast. We really started this podcast to share amazing wisdom from some of our speakers and some of our attendees from our events that we've put on over a couple of years. Iron Sharpens Iron comes from Proverbs 27, 17, which says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And that's really what we're doing here. Uh, the whole point of the ISI Life is to help us all attain excellence within the five F's, which we have as the faith, family, our faculty, our finance, and our fitness. And rather than compartmentalizing each of those five F's, what would it look like if we put faith at the center, at the hub, and the other F's around it? And how that shift can be a huge difference in our life. That's really what we dive into this podcast. That's what we do within our retreats, our Stay Sharp Saturdays. Everything we put out is helping you achieve excellence and then do things God's way. So today I'm very excited to introduce you to Jordan Acker, who has been there since the beginning. He is a married man with happily married because he has seven children and it's amazing to hear his story. He's a financial planner, has amazing wisdom uh, when it comes to wealth and finances. And we talk about generosity today. And like I mentioned, he's been there since the beginning, the very first retreat that we ever put on in Cleveland. He came, he's been inviting guys up and then eventually got into launching ISI Columbus, which we're going to talk a little bit about today. So we're going to dive into his journey with ISI and we're going to talk about generosity. And he just has amazing wisdom to share. He's one of those ISI guys and I couldn't uh, be more thankful to know him as a man. He's helped me, you know, as a husband, as a father and businessman and just in, in all the ways. So thankful to know him. So, and before we dive in, just a couple of things I want to make sure people knew, uh, some awesome events we have coming up. We have a few slots available for our couples retreat, which is going to be on October 22nd and 23rd. This is our first ever time doing a couples retreat. We have an amazing, amazing venue lined up at uh, Walden out in Aurora with some amazing speakers. There'll be a combination of some presentation time to think about your marriage and your relationship with your spouse, but then a lot of downtime too for you to do things on your own and really just retreat with uh, your significant other. So if you have a chance and that sounds interesting to you, check out our website. It's all on the ISILife.com. And then outside of that, we're still doing the Stay Sharp Saturdays, the first Saturday of each month, the chance for us to give a little free morsel before you grow, go into the weekend, 7.30 to 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you can go on and RSVP on our site, that way we know you're going to be there. Uh, we make it simple. It's easy. There's no prep needed. Just show up and it's a, it's a good way to kind of sharpen yourself and stay, you know, uh, connected to what we're doing and, and get encouragement from one of the five of us. So, and last but not least, uh, all of our information and great way to connect with us is really just going to our website, which is the isilife.com. It has all the past podcasts and tools for each of the five F's. has some great refocusing tools to help you stay sharp. Uh, lists all of our upcoming retreats, both for men and women and couples, as I mentioned. We do a weekly devotional based on our theme for the year, which this year is strong, strong and courageous. And then obviously all the ways to connect with us on social media. So without further ado, I hope you all enjoy this conversation with Jordan. All right, Jordan, thank you so much for being on the ISI Life podcast today. I'm excited to connect with you. Well, thanks for having me, Nick. I'm surely I've been looking forward to this for some time now and, and uh, seeing how the Lord leads in our conversation today. Absolutely. It's, I mean, it's been fun getting to know you and seeing how you lead your life. I think of you as one of the great ISI guys who, you know, you're doing things God's way and, and everything you do. And I think excited to share, you know, some of your story and some of your examples with anyone listening. So, you know, for, for first, give us a little bit of a background on who you are and your, your upbringing and your family career, you know, the 5,000 foot view. 
Yeah. Um, so obviously my name is Jordan Acker and, and grew up in Dublin, Ohio. Didn't make it very far from home. So the furthest we made it was uh, Bowling Green um, for working with crew right after college. My wife and I got married and, and worked at uh, Bowling Green for a year. Um, I am a middle child, have an older and younger brother and grew up in the church, grew up churched. But uh, I would say my uh, first year in college, really first and second year in college is where I started to understand uh, you know, living my life for Christ and following him in a, in a real way. So yeah, I appreciate you saying those things about an iron sharpens iron man. And, um, you know, I try to live my life purposefully and, and certainly, uh, ISI has, has helped me live intentionally, but, um, mm -hmm. I, I am a, uh, financial planner. I work for invest wealth strategies, which is a boutique investment management firm in, in Powell, Ohio. Um, and, yeah, I've got quite a few kids, which you know, Nick, but um, my wife and I just had our seventh uh, baby back in February of this year. So we had a COVID baby. And, and one, of the, one of the ways that I found out that we were pregnant, is, uh, she sent me a text with a onesie that said, that said uh, certainly my parents did not socially distance. So uh, we, um, you know, but I, I was, uh, that's a whole nother story for maybe a different time, but I was done at, at four. And uh, God changed my heart to kind of get me over that hump. And, and we were, ble were blessed with three more beautiful, healthy children. So a total of an oldest uh, son is 12, Levi. We've got five daughters. And then we just had another little boy. So, Oh, my gosh. That's so amazing. So what kind of car do you drive when you have that? <laughs> oh, man, that's a question that uh, we have not settled on yet. So the log logistics, you know, with the whole semiconductor like, you know, shortage thing, you know, there's really no vehicles available. And, and these 12 passenger vans that I've looked into, you know, the, the Mercedes Sprinter and Ford Transit and the NV3500, I've done my research. I'm a planner, right? So I've, you know, compared oh them gosh. side by side, but um, they're like unicorns. You can't find them. I mean, they're, hmm. they're, they're out there somewhere, but you just can't find them right now. So we're currently driving two cars, most places, and we have yeah. a Toyota Sienna eight passenger. So when I'm not with the family, when I'm working, you know, Jessica, Jessica can, <laughs> can take the kids everywhere she needs to take them. So, Oh my gosh. That's a point of tension. So I'll bring that one up again. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry to go there. No, I just, I thinking about it. This, uh, it's a lot of, we have, you know, three boys and it's a full house. I was like, oh man, if you had, you know, four more on there. <laughs> yeah. Good for you guys. That's awesome. I love it, man. Kids we're, are a blessing. We're blessed. We are blessed. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, that's cool. Thanks for the background. And, you know, really, you've been there from the beginning of ISI. But um, so I want to just talk about your ISI journey, because it's, you know, a little bit of a unique one. And then, you know, recently launching Columbus. But, you know, talk us through like how you first got involved with ISI and, you know, maybe what's been keeping you coming back um, over over the years that we've been doing this. Yeah, certainly. Um, so I came up, you know, January of 2018 when you guys launched. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, you, Joe, and I had met through some work that we were doing together um, at that time. And um, from day one, I caught the vision. I mean, just the the format of the retreat being 24 hours, it allowed me as a father with young children and mm -hmm. you know, a business professional to to step away from the business for half a day, step away from the family for half a day you know, enough that, um, you know, I was able to, you know, retreat myself and, and be refreshed and refocus. And, and, um, yeah, the people that I met up there challenged me in some ways that, um, you know, I hadn't been challenged in a while. 
mm-hmm. and and connected with some men who are who are really trying to be better versions of themselves. You know, better employees, better bosses, better husbands. You know, better. Uh, you know community leaders and and just it was encouraged by the conversation uh, that you guys had kind of structured and and even the retreat format so it caught the vision right away wanted to multiply it to columbus you know it didn't happen for several years obviously we just launched the first one back here in june of this year mm-hmm. um but uh yeah so i mean it's it keeps me coming back i mean the people so i'm a i'm a people person love people love connecting with people love meeting new people so that's definitely one of the elements that take you know brings me back uh, each time mm-hmm. uh, but it's just seeing what god has done in the lives of other men you know everybody's on a journey we're all on a journey and and isi has been kind of that one step forward uh in my journey and then seeing that in other people's lives as well is, is, has been really exciting that's awesome and you know one thing i admire about you is i know you've been very intentional about inviting people and connecting with them during those 24 hours, but then also following up with them, you know, back after the retreat, you know, and it's not just about the retreat. So tell me a little bit about your mindset going into that, because I, I think that is very powerful and it could be encouraging to others. Yeah, I mean, and, and that really comes from men who have done that in my life, you know, so uh, I've been blessed with mentors, um, you know, really kind of in that college season when my life was changing to have people who poured into me, who saw potential in me, uh, encouraged me, you know, somebody, it was somebody in my life that there was, that I looked up to somebody who had had children before I had children, somebody who right. had, you know, had a career and, and had some experience, some success before I've you know been able to do so. And, and so, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of the men at Iron Sharp Design are peers, but, you know, we're at different points in life as well. So, you know, mm-hmm. not everybody has, a, has, is married and, and has children. And so, you know, there may be something I can offer there. And, uh, but the intentionality was because people were intentional with me. And so, you know, the seeing some of the need and being able to fill some of that need and, and um, certainly on, on the faith journey, uh, God has blessed me with some, some experience and, and uh, years that I've been, um, you know, faithful to be walking and, and, and learning more about God. And so I can share some of that knowledge with people as well, uh, you know, as and if they're interested. That's awesome. I mean, that's, that's so awesome to see that taking shape in, and everybody there has something to learn and something to give in, you know, in, in different ways. We're all at different stages and in, in each of the five F's. Uh, for our own life. And so it's, it's cool to see that manifest. And I know you followed up with guys individually doing lunches and, you know, intentionally, you got a two hour drive when you come up from Cleveland. And so that's a unique, you know, some unique window time coming up and then driving back. And I know it's uh, been some fruitful conversations. So, you know, awesome job doing that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the drive back has allowed us to debrief and you know, maybe even more so than some of the Cleveland guys, because we do go up, you know, oftentimes carpool up together. So, um, you know, we won't have quite that debrief time on, you know, the Columbus retreats, but, you know, maybe mm-hmm. some guys from Cincinnati will have a you know, similar experience that I did. Yeah. And I hope we keep going down the state of Ohio, you know, Cleveland and then now to Columbus, hopefully we make it down to Cincy here soon. Yep. So, um, you know, multiplying, you know, you said you caught the vision from day one, and you, know, you were challenged and you, and you got the vision and we just had an awesome retreat in June. Talk me through um, maybe the, the June retreat and maybe some of the thoughts or things leading that led up to you guys deciding to band together and, and start down there in Columbus. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, seeing the opportunity to, to do something a little bit closer to home, um, you know, like you said, I've brought you know, several guys up to the Cleveland retreat. We brought a dozen or so up. Uh, mm-hmm. over the years but um you know seeing you know the ability to do something closer to home and, and impact more uh more people you know this, the travel was just a little bit of a hurdle for some people and uh, a little bit more time away and and 
So, you know, doing something closer to home made sense and also connecting with, you know, some other, the, you know, businessmen and, and leaders in the community for, for, to be speakers, um, you know, to kind of tap into that community and, and build what, what is the Iron Sharpens Iron community outside of the retreats? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of exciting. So the first retreat, man, I, you know, we tried to launch, uh, you know, last year and COVID hit, but, um, you know, God's timing is different than ours in, in our plans. So, you know, super excited that, uh, you know, Jimmy Schoenfeld got to join our group and, and Jimmy and Chris and some of the other guys who've, who've come up and caught the vision as well. Just, it all came together. I mean, I could not do this myself. You know, we need mm-hmm. the team in Cleveland, you know, and, and the support that we've gotten from, from everybody up there. Um, but even here in Columbus, you know, needed, needed a couple more guys to kind of be all in to, yeah. to lift this thing off the ground. And it was wonderful. So we, we, when we started planning it, we didn't know what the restrictions were going to be COVID related. So we kind of kept it a little bit smaller than some of the other retreats and, uh, had a, a 22, 23 guy limit. Um, awesome. we, we filled that completely out and had some people even kind of join last minute, um, you know, drive up, uh, and not stay with us. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I've been telling people since then, when you get, 22, 23 guys together who, who don't know each other <laughs> and, um, and multiple guys end up in, in tears, you know, in front of other men, they don't know, you know, you know, that God's spirit is moving, you know, that yeah. there, there's meaningful conversations happening and, and life change. And so, um, you know, it's, it's been beautiful. And then some of the connectivity outside of that and, and lunches and, and phone calls and, and things since June, uh, have been, have been meaningful, purposeful. I mean, just that's what relationships, that's what life's about. You know, it's about relationships and those relationships have, you know, some of them started at the retreat and, and some of them, you know, were rekindled at the retreat and, and, uh, you know, just it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a journey that we're all on and, and just, Iron Shepherds Iron it kind of helps facilitate some of those deeper relationships and conversations. Yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. I mean, I wasn't there, but I heard all about it. Saw you know lots of good pictures and talked with Joe about you know just how awesome it was and powerful. And I think that that group size is perfect. You know, it's enough to um, you know to get into real conversation with people and to come away with feeling like you have you know some brothers that you actually know and connect with, and it's not just superficial and um, it's, you know, it's not easy for guys to go there, you know, typically, but in the right setting, you know, when you have that time to actually like unwind and retreat for 24 hours and you're in, you know, a group where you, you feel like there's a high level of trust and, and confidence, um, it can be a very powerful thing. So, uh, yeah, props to you guys for pulling it together and I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Yeah. So are we. So just, I know your, your background is on finance and, you know, you've helped a lot of people in that space and that's really how you and I met originally. And, you know, you did the morning devotion on generosity and I just wanted to just capture some of that for, you know, the discussion today because, uh, you know, generosity isn't a topic that we have really talked a ton about on the podcast, but I would love for you to just, you know, give us some highlights from, from your devotion that you led on, I think it was Saturday morning and, and share some of your stories with us. Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, it, it really stems from a journey that God has my my wife and I on, uh, mm. you know, uh, in in the top, in the area of generosity and 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 how much He has He has given us to be a blessing to others. But um, there's there's a there's a Bible verse, First John three seventeen, which really way before I had you know more than than our family needed, you know, something that stuck out to me is that 
we all, uh, as Americans, have, have, have more than we need and have mm-hmm. plenty to, to live on. But the Bible verse says, if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? You know, again, that's 1 John three seventeen, and And when that stuck out to me, you know, yeah, that was, you know, kind of late college, I guess. Um, you know, I, I felt like, gosh, even in college when I'm, you know, in debt and poor, you know, mm-hmm. I have the world's goods. You know, I look around and I don't see a whole lot of people in in true need. And, 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 and this maybe stuck out to me shortly after a trip we went on to a third world country. Uh, my wife had a, had a connection in Hartford, India. And we went there in 2006 together. And that kind of uh, shook my world, um, mm-hmm. you know, as far as, you know, the reverse culture shock coming back to America. Um, but yeah, so I, I look around at that time and I see, you know, gosh, I have the world's goods. You know, even mm-hmm. if I don't you know, feel like I'm the richest person in the world, you know, I, I do have enough. You know, and, and the second part was really what hit me was the seeing his brother in need. You know, if, if you have the world's goods and sees his brother in need, there, there's, there's two things part of that seeing. You know, Jesus tells us that the poor and needy will always be with us. You know, so that's a promise. You know, we're going to have people around us that have need. There's a seeing part of that. You know, I don't always see the need, and um, and that and that that part that I can react to is that uh, he says, yet closes his heart against them or, or shuts off his compassion toward him. Hmm. You know, it's like that's that's where I have to battle my 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 flesh. And I'll give an example. You know, there there was one time which I you know was driving past someone who who could could have probably used help changing a tire but you know so i saw a need but i shut off my compassion you know as i'm driving by there's plenty of other cars driving by maybe someone else will stop i've got young family at home my wife's probably got food on the table a hot meal like i can't stop i can't give that time you know but i was like in in my mind i'm justifying not helping but i had seen the need Mm-hmm. So you, you walk past someone or you, you see the need. You don't always see the need. It's all around us. There's people that are in greater need than we are. But it's that seeing the need and then, and then that internal battle, I guess, the kind of like shutting off the compassion or, or closing our heart. I don't want that to happen again. You know, I want to, I want to always be generous with my time and seeing a need and filling a need because that's how God's love abides in us or resides in us or is reflected through us, you know, kind of finishing out the verse. So really what I shared in that generosity, it's, it's not only just a, a material generosity, but there's also, you know, our time, you know, that we can give as well. Um, one of the stories that, you know, has rocked my world, um, because of our connection with India, uh, we, uh, friends of ours, there connected us to some pastors in Nepal. And since September of last year, I guess it was September, October, we've been financially supporting uh, these two pastors and their families. Mm-hmm. And the U.S. dollar goes very far uh, as, as far as the exchange rate. Right now, it's like 116 Nepalese rupees to, the, to $1. And the cost of living there is a lot different. But, you know, so w- when we kind of fleshed out the need, um, you know, we didn't want to do any more harm than goods. We just wanted to, you know, make sure that we weren't creating dependency. And there's a book called uh, When Helping mm-hmm. Hurts. And, you know, just how the Western church can also you know, often do harm with, you know, as they're trying to do good. Yeah. But, you know, so we're just kind of be sensitive to that. And, and the need was, you know, gosh, uh, COVID had shut down factories and, and work and all kinds of places. And a lot of these pastors in third world countries are, are not supported by the church or have partial support by the church. And then they have people that are working, you know, or they themselves are working in factories or whatnot. 
so the, the family had a need of, you know, about $100 a month uh, per family. And, and that satisfied their housing and food and, and, and living expenses for a full, full month. Well, so we gave, gave in October $100. We gave in November $100. And then one of the pastors reached out to me and said, um, you know, we're going to be doing this, this event uh, in the beginning of December. You know, would you, would you partner with us in a financial way? And he said, we're going to probably have 80 or so people at this event. Um, and I kind of, you know, talked to him through the WhatsApp and, and I said, you know, kind of, what does it look like? You know, kind of what's the need? You know, I'm thinking, okay, a, a weekend retreat. He said, it's gonna be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You know, they want to provide meal, a meal when they show up on Friday, three meals on Saturday, a meal on Sunday, and then whatever leftovers to send with people as they, you know, took the journey back home. And I, and I asked about the need. I'm trying to calculate. We had just started giving them. So like, you know, the exchange rates and calculating and took me a second to kind of figure out that, you know, he was asking for about 75 US dollars to feed 80 people that oh many, God. that many meals for an entire weekend. Hmm. And so, so I, so I told him, I said, you know, if I round up, you know, to the, the amount that I've been giving you know, hundred US dollars and, you know, I gave it to him in, in Nepalese rupees. I said, if I round up, you know, would, would that be, would that be okay? And he's like, oh, absolutely. You know, I think we'll be, we'll be able to use that and, and, you know, that'd be a blessing. So we gave him, you gave him a hundred dollars, you know, for, well, for his family for the month of December, but then a hundred dollars toward this event early December. And as we connected just after the event, you know, so he went and they did some follow-up, you know, to these different villages and families. This is a, a Nepalese gentleman. And he, what he told me that at that moment, Nick, um, has, has stuck out to me since. And it, and it gives me chills just even thinking about it again. But he said, out of the surplus you gave us, you know, so here I rounded up $25, whatever, to the nearest hundred. Yeah. Out of the surplus you gave us, we were able to leave behind for people in greater need. You know, and, and here I am. We just got connected with him back in September. Mm. You know, he doesn't know that we're going to continue to support he and his family into the next year, and it's 2021. He doesn't know any of this stuff. You know, we're just, we don't need, the trust is being built. Mm-hmm. And I would not have faulted him for holding on to the, the surplus or the extra for he and his family. But here he is doing these follow-up trips, these villages, seeing a need, somebody in greater need than himself or his family, and providing you know food or leaving behind some of the surplus for them. Wow. I, I was so impacted by that, and still am so impacted by that. But you know, generosity is is not just because we have hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars here and can give some. It's like this is kind of like the widow's might. I mean, it's like giving everything, but it's it's really about that seeing. Mm-hmm. of seeing somebody in greater need than yourselves. I mean, there's always going to be somebody in greater need, but that seeing and that compassion and then, you know, really God's love reflecting through those actions and through you and uh, those acts of generosity. So, you know, I shared some of that. There's more that I shared, you know, Matthew 6, 21 is, is a verse that I go to, but, you know, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, in my and my wife Jessica and I always talk about kind of aligning our giving where our heart is, and certainly God has connected our heart to India and Nepal. Now, you know, we think mm-hmm. about we think about those families and those people, you know, and so we want to go deeper. You know, it doesn't all it doesn't always mean giving more money, but you know, we've, we try to connect with them more often. You know, in encouragement notes and saying, "Hey, we're thinking about you," etc. So, um, but yeah, aligning our giving to where our heart is really makes it more meaningful for us. Yeah. You know, but then also for those who are supporting. That's awesome, man. What a great, what a great mindset and great kind of heart, heartful way to approach it. Yeah. Or I'm just curious as you're talking about that, have you, um, wouldn't, how often 
do you think, you know, how often have you been, how often do you guys plan on going there and is any, any opportunities to share some of this with your children yet? Are they, are they grasping some of that, uh, the concepts that, that you're using to live that generous life? Yeah. So as, as far as how often we've been, you mean traveling or? Yeah. Just, I'm curious to see it firsthand. Cause I, I mean, I've, I've been on a couple of mission trips and I come home feeling the same way you said, but, um, unfortunately it wears off as time goes on. And so yeah. I was curious. Yeah. So we, so we, so thankfully, you know, we have these you know pictures and videos from Nepal and India from these people that we've connected with at, at the heart level and, and have included our children in that through you know, praying as a family for them, mm. you know, and, and that has really connected them. We, we have not been able to kind of go, you know, gosh, we have seven kids, Nick, we can't do a whole <laughs> lot. <laughs> but, um, the oldest, uh, on the oldest one or two. Yeah, we the last uh, trip that I was able to go on uh, was with uh, some gentlemen that invited me to go to Indonesia in 2013. Uh, Levi was born in 2009, and, mm. and we went to India the last time in 2008. So we've mm. not been to Nepal. Um, I've been trying to convince some of my friends that I will I will coordinate a trip for them to go and meet some of these people that we know you know and, and love so dearly. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you know it's going to be challenging uh, for us to go with you know with the young family and I, I can't leave Jessica uh, you know yeah. alone. To, <laughs> even though we have such a great support system and family here, it's you know it's it's difficult. So no, and, and technology makes it great to be able to like you said see the pictures and videos and connect in that way. And um, you know maybe at some point it could be a little little acker family trip out there or a big yeah and some of them yeah right little trip but yeah (laughs) and taking some of the older kids and and there's opportunities you know to you know within your community to Mm -hmm. to see need and to help meet need uh you know within the homeless communities or or um you know soup kitchens and those kind of things like there there are opportunities to uh, involve your kids in volunteerism. So, right. I mean, those, some of those things more locally. And we actually, I mean, one of the things that's been cool, Nick, is, is we've taken our kids to ethnic restaurants. Hmm. You know, I mean, your kids are probably the same as ours. You know, their mm-hmm. favorite food is, is McDonald's chicken nuggets and French fries. But, you know, we've, we've been intentional about going to different ethnic restaurants. And, and specifically here in Columbus, we have a lot of Somalis. So we've mm-hmm. gone to um, some Somali restaurants. And the first time that you go to one, you get a lot of complaining. You know, it's, it's, I'm not going to eat that. It smells different. Yeah. Gross, whatever, <laughs> you know, and then, and then the second time they're more familiar with the setting, you know, and just the sights and smells and, and the food. And, you know, so they're like, well, I, I did like that, you know, spaghetti noodles kind of thing. Let, let's have that. And so we branch yeah. out and have some different things by the third time, you know, they're asking for the special drink. Gosh, they had like, you know, at this one restaurant we were going to, they had unique uh, pop, you know, they had these, these soda bottles that were, you know, this orange soda that wasn't like, you know, net normal that we usually see. And so we got those for the kids as like a special drink. And, and they're like, are we going to that place where we get the special drink? You know, it's like, so they're like, by the third or fourth time, they're excited to go, you know, and they're being exposed to different foods, you know, different culture, you know, here in our backyard. I mean, we've been, Mm -hmm. we have, you know, the America's the melting pot, right. Of cultures and peoples and, and, uh, you know, opportunities that we have to, to really, you know, bring our kids into, into different, a different world without having to travel, you know, no. different time zones and, and the exhaustion that that is. So you're right. And they don't, I mean, they don't need to go to Nepal to understand the the fact that they're blessed and they have plenty and, and more than plenty. So yeah. it's, it's a good, it's a good reminder. Uh, you don't need to go you know to the extreme, especially with little kids. Um, I mean, it, this is perfect. This is exactly why I love doing this podcast and why we love having iron, you know, iron sharpens iron community. Cause even just talking to you today, I'm thinking about our three boys. I'm thinking about, you know, it's Friday as we're recording this and I'm thinking about the weekend and 
you know, just even little things that we could do to expose them this, this weekend, you know, how can I put this into, into practice immediately? Like put a, put a need in my heart. We live in a, I would say a fairly bubbled lifestyle, you know? And, uh, I mean, in some ways, I guess that's okay, but it's, it's also, a, you know, a big opportunity for Nancy and I with our boys to, to get out there and, and do some things and expose them to other, other people, you know, who are, you know, different than us. So, uh, I appreciate that. That's what ISI is all about. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I, I grew up in a bubble as well. And I didn't realize that I don't think until, you know, going to India. Um, and one of the evenings that we stayed in a, it was a Catholic retreat center in Lanavla outside of Mumbai. And the trip out there was a two hour, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful train ride through the mountains. Hmm. You know, there's, there's waterfalls. I mean, it's, you know, India is very tropical and it's mountainous. So you have like palm trees in the mountains. I mean, it was just unique landscape and beautiful. Um, and then that evening it rained all night long. Well, Jessica and I had our own little, uh, I'll call it like a, a room or hut or cottage thing or whatever it was. And we had two single beds in the, in the room and very little space to move the beds around, um, kind of space in between, but we kind of slid them over next to each other to, to, you know, be a happy married couple. And, Mm -hmm. um, all night long it rained and and all night long, we could not move our beds to a point where we could find a spot that the rain was not dripping through the roof. And, and it was like, no, not like dripping on my face, but you know, just dripping on the bed is annoying enough. And I couldn't sleep. I mean, I just was, I was up, you know, crying out, praying to God, like, God, help me sleep, help me sleep. I'm so tired. I don't want to be exhausted, you know, just, Mm -hmm. and I'm, and I'm, then I, he just, you know, there's not many times that you feel like God has spoken to me, but it's just like in that moment, he reminded me of the thousands of people that we had walked by on the way to the train station that morning. Hmm. thousands of people living in squatter slums and with, with a blue tarp, you know, for a roof, you know, tied to a a tree or a wall and in sleeping on the ground with, you know, maybe a a towel or a a shirt or something wrapped up as a pillow, Hmm. you know, and here I am complaining about being under, you know, nice blankets with a pillow on a, on a mattress with a roof over my head. Yes, it was dripping and I couldn't find, you know, comfort, but I was just, you know, I was thinking, gosh, my, creature comforts that I grew up in here in the bubble that I grew up in, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if I could, I could live here or, you know, long-term or, or serve people here long-term or, you know, it's just like, I, I'm, you know, almost hindered by the creature comforts I grew up in. And, yeah. you know, it's made me think about like, you know, we were not a big camping family growing up, but maybe doing more camping with the family, making the little, little more tough, you know, like, yeah. you know, just the, you know, when, when I, when I've gone camping, I feel like I've gotten a little bit less sleep and, uh, and, and you, know, you have to get over that, uh, and, and still be joyful in the morning. So, um, yeah. but yeah, anyway. Uh, no, I love it. I mean, I, I agree. I think we, it's, it's important to, to get out of our element and be exposed to, you know, situations like that. And, it gives you perspective. And I think, you know, for me, when I've had those different perspective shifts, um, you know, it helps me take action and, and, and do something different and not just hear it. So I'm a very, you know, visual person. And when I am engaged with something, um, it tends to have a different, you know, impact on me than just like reading something or hearing about something. So when I experience something firsthand, I know for me, that's, that's a way where I can take action 
and uh, you know do something different. So uh, those are those are great examples. Absolutely, and and you said perspective shift. You know, and, and you can get it through reading, like you said, and and certainly the Bible is a perspective shifter. Um, you know, a change kind of how you see the world. But you know, the Iron Sharpens Iron, those retreats. You know, meet, meeting other people who have different perspectives. You know, it, it just mm-hmm. it just it just do we all help each other? You know, as, as Iron Sharpens Iron. You know, one one man sharpens another. So we're we're getting you know be, becoming more. Uh, Christ-like in the, in the perfection process, we're not perfect, mm-hmm. but you know we're on this journey of sanctification and, and and getting our perspective shifted. I like that. Yeah, and it's crazy. You know, you mentioned that because you know we we do a lot to plan all these retreats, and we have you know these amazing speakers, and you know, at the end, usually at the end of them, I'll go through and I'll just go through my notes. You know, we usually give people, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes at the end to kind of just kind of go through everything and, you know, what stood out to you and kind of put a bow on, on the event. And a lot of times the things that I'll, I'll highlight or star, or like maybe it gets two or three stars is just a little comment that someone made that I'm like, oh, that's a good thing. You know, something they did with their wife or something that, that, you know, that, some action they took. I'm like, man, all it really takes is that, you know, that one little thing to make that little course correction. And, um, sometimes, you know, it's, it's not from the super speaker. It's just from your brother who's sitting next to you, which is cool. I mean, everybody, everybody takes away something different, you know, Mm -hmm. which is is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. I love sharing those stories and, you know, hearing how, um, you guys have taken action with launching Columbus. I'm excited to, to see what comes of that. And, uh, you know, just for you, you know, some of the questions we ask everybody as we kind of close down here is we talk about joy and, and having a happy heart, but for you, what brings you the most joy, Jordan? Yeah. You know, you, you probably won't be surprised, you know, we have seven kids, but you know, the, <laughs> what I tell a lot of my friends, you know, who are you know, still having maybe their first or second child, you know, that, that aren't yet kind of grown, mm-hmm. you know, I absolutely love, coming home after work and, and having my children, you know, it's really the youngest ones. Levi's kind of grown out of it. Natalie's grown out of it, but you know, the youngest children running through the house yelling, (laughs) daddy's home, daddy's home. And like you hear these little feet and you get the biggest squeeze hug, like, man, that is joyful. I just love being, love being a father. And those, those moments are wonderful. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely, man. I can second that for sure. So uh, next question, uh, top, you know, maybe book, something you're reading now that's really you know, meaningful to you or maybe top, uh, you know, one or two books that maybe you've given out to people or you recommend over time. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a good question. I mean, my wife and I have given out uh, the New Morning Mercies Daily Devotional by Paul David Tripp by the boxful. Hmm. Um, you know, so it was probably four years ago or so that we uh, first you know came across it, or someone I forget someone recommended it to us, and and we started reading it together. And it's it's more than just you know some of the daily devotionals I've read in the past, or you know kind of a you know, it could be a Bible verse or a, or a happy thought for the day or whatever. And just, just kind of sometimes feel a little bit shallow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the way that, uh, Paul David Tripp writes, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely meaty, you know, it makes you think it challenges you, you know, it's something that some, you know, during the day I, I think back upon, mm-hmm. you know, which some of the other daily devotionals are like, yeah, it's nice to start my day that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, and then we also have read it together. So sometimes we'll actually have discussions about it. Like, Hey, what did you think about the devotional today? And, mm-hmm. and, and, and how, what did it make you think about, you know, our family or, you know, about our faith or about, you know, w- you know, 
what we're doing in life and how we're, you know, the impact we're having. And like, you know, it just, it just really, really is a, a deeper devotional than some of the other ones I've come across. So we've, again, we've bought the, by the box load and, and given them out by the box load, but yeah, new morning mercies by Paul David Tripp um, has been one. Hmm. Um, some of the other, I mean, things that, you know, as far as books, I mean, and, and I wrote down a few, but I, I may not even share those. Um, but another one that kind of popped in my mind was the shadow of almighty. Um, by Elizabeth Elliot about Jim Elliot's life uh, early in my in my life. So this would have been around you know my my freshman and sophomore year of college. Um, that book was was stuck out to me as something that was life changing. Hmm. You know somebody who who you know had God change their life and went down to this uh, you know indigenous people group and, and you know tried to share you know. God's love, you know, with them and lost his life in the process. But that story of Jim Elliot, um, shadow of the almighty was, was hugely impactful for me. Like, you know, kind of purpose in life, what is life about? And, hmm. you know, as I was wrestling kind of those early days, um, you know, that I remember, I just recall and thinking back, that book was, was powerful. Um, and then That's another awesome. one that I did write down is, uh, you know, gospel powered parenting by William Farley. Um, you know, I've read, a, read several parenting books, you know, it's the prudent thing to do as a, as a father <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, gospel powered parenting was, was one that, you know, just recall back being just, uh, you know, there are some kind of, uh, you know, tips in there and tricks and, you know, as far as parenting, but it just really gets to the heart of parenting you hmm. know, and, and why we, why we are in this role as parents and, and how do we guide and shape our children, um, hmm. to, to be the men and women that, that we hope they will be. And we pray for them to be. So yeah, that was just a, that was a good, uh, parenting book, um, that, that stuck out to me. So. Yeah, I love it. It was awesome. Great yeah. recommendations. I mean, um, I, those are all new too. Those are three that have been mentioned before. I don't believe. Yeah. So yeah, that's awesome. Um, for you, you know, I, we, some people might call it a life verse or maybe just one, you know, verse right now that's front and center for you. Do you, do you have one? Do you, you guys have one as a family or as an individual? Um, yeah, there's, I mean, there's several verses that, uh, you know, that have shaped my thinking in, in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the one that probably, uh, has, has shaped my, my life the most and is related to, um, our family size and, and those things as well. Um, is first, uh, uh, first Peter three, seven. Um, hmm. and it says, uh, husbands li- live with your wives in an understanding manner. And then it goes on to say, so that your prayers may not be hindered. And the timing of that in my life, when, when God, you know, put that verse in my life and revealed it to me, I was, I was trying to be a, a good husband and a loving husband. And we just had, we had our, we had our fourth child, I guess, you know, she was probably, you know, seven, eight, nine months old or something like that. And we, you know, just started thinking about adopting and, or having another child of our own. But, you know, I was trying to do, you know, the, the other verse, you know, um, that, that talks about Christ loving the church husbands love your wife as Christ loves the church and is the head of the, the church. And I was loving Jessica. Well, trying to do the extras around the home, you know, doing the dishes and the laundry and just, you know, we we're just had a lot of responsibilities that I was trying to help out and love her and bring flowers home to her and, and show her, I loved her, but I never once asked her why she wanted to have another child. Hmm. You know, I never, I never, you know, listening to that verse, husbands, you know, live with your wives in an understanding manner. 
you know, I never once tried to understand her. You know, so, so that, that verse has reminded me over and over again to ask the why question mm-hmm. and, and to try to be a better listener as a husband, because it goes on to say that, so your prayers may not be hindered. God's not going to listen to me, or he wasn't listening to me, uh, my prayers. And, you know, even though I was fasting and praying for unity in our marriage and, and direction, and you know, God wasn't listening to me because I wasn't listening to Jess. So that, that really has been a, a kind of a life first that, you know, first Peter three, seven has been a life first for me. Um, you know, and then obviously that first John three seventeen I shared earlier about he who has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, uh, yet shuts off his compassion towards him. How can God's love reside in him? That's been a life first too. So, you know, those, those two, um, you know, are really the first ones that come to mind, but yeah. That's awesome. Jordan, man, so much good stuff. Um, man, so many great stories of, you know, family and generosity and just kind of mindset. Um, like I said, you're, you're to me. You are one of the guys that's living the ISI life, and and someone that, um, you know, could anybody could learn a lot from just being involved with. And uh, you just appreciate knowing you and and you sharing so many stories. And you know, you've helped sharpen me, and therefore, you know, it's helped me sharpen other people. So your ripple effect is as um is far and wide. So thank you for you know for who you are and and what you're doing. Yeah, to God be the glory. Absolutely, man. So yeah. Um, if you would, would you mind closing us uh, down in a word of prayer? Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd, I'd enjoy that. So, uh, Father, I thank you for the moment that you gave Nick and I to reconnect and to talk about uh, what you have done and, and what you are doing in, in our hearts and in our lives. Father, I pray that this uh, conversation will be a blessing to you other uh, men and, and or women or whoever gets to listen to it. Father, that you, you would bless them. Um, through the conversation. And, and God, I pray that there'd be more people who are seeing the need at the heart level and filling some of the needs in this world. God, if we have more people who are selflessly thinking of others, God, then, then this, uh, it would be, it would be game changer. God, it, it would change the world the way that you change the world. God, we, we pray that we'd be, uh, more cognizant of, of those around us and, and, uh, observant of the needs that we may reflect your love to this world, God, that your love would reside in us and, and be uh, shown to the world. And uh, pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Man, it's always great to connect with Jordan. He is one of those guys where you spend time with him, whether it's in person or on a podcast, and just feel like you're a better version of yourself. So I appreciate him and, and what he's doing and the way he's leading his life. Uh, the things that, you know, really I took away from our conversation, I want to point out, um, and I'm sure each of you maybe took away different things, but number one was just how intentional he is about everything. Uh, from, you know, from my experience with him inviting people to retreats, um, he's fully present when he's there. He's one of those guys who looks you in the eye. He's not looking over your shoulder to see who else is around or what's going on. He's just very present. Uh, I loved his books that he mentioned. He's always giving great recommendations as a parent um, or as a husband to, you know, be reading and sharing the right things at the right times. Uh, another thing that he didn't even really mention here, but he, um, he's been really powerful and intentional about praying with others. Um, I know he's done it with, you know, men from his neighborhood and just, you know, with me personally and guys at the retreat. So a very powerful thing that I always take away from Jordan. Uh, and then the second thing is the power of the retreat. You know, this is a guy who's, you know, involved in a successful business uh, with seven children, and yet he's still making time to retreat because he knows that it's going to make him a better version of himself. He's going to come back a better husband, a better father. And I think that was, you know, really important that he touched on that. And for 
you know, 24 hours to fill up his own cup, uh, how powerful that is. And lastly, just his mindset around generosity. Uh, wow, it just blew me away. His stories of, you know, the pastors that he's supporting, the different things that he's involved with and how he's teaching some of that mindset to his kids. Um, I love it. I love, you know, getting the heart in the right spot and the verse that he shared, you know, from First John about seeing others in need, you know, and, and not closing your heart, but opening your heart and, and helping. Um, so I just love that. It was encouraging and challenging and I want to put it in practice right away. So thanks for listening. Thanks for listening in today. Um, I hope you you stay sharp and I hope this podcast sharpened you. And my encouragement would be to be iron and sharpen other people. Uh, and an easy way to do that is just think of one or two people that may benefit from this podcast or other ones and share it with them. You know, shoot them a text and say, I think you might check this out. Or uh, if you're attending one of our upcoming retreats, uh, you know, I'd love to see you there. Or invite maybe someone there, go out on a limb and invite somebody who's a, you know, maybe a neighbor or someone that you know, but um, think might benefit from what we're doing. So uh, stay sharp, everybody, and enjoy. God bless.